even from the beginning when I got in, my long-term goal is to get into the investment side as well. Like you were saying, have that passive income. But I figured I wanted to learn it from the ground up. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Agents Building Cashflow. Excited to have you guys on today. And I'm really pumped about our guest today. His name is Alan Yanselson. This guy is a pickleball dynamo. He is a realtor here in San Antonio, highly involved in the Jewish community, and he's acting, doing all kinds of cool stuff. So I'm really excited to bring him on the show, let him show you what his journey looks like in real estate and see if it resonates with you. Without further ado, Alan, let's go. Alan, hey, good to see you. Thanks for taking the time to jump on the show today. Tell me a little bit about your background and kind of where you are in real estate. Absolutely, Randall. Thank you so much for having me over today. and so pleasure to be here. My background, so I was actually born in Mexico City and came to San Antonio almost 20 years ago now. My family has been in real estate for a while, starting with my grandma almost 50 years ago. So I've kind of had in the blood. I was three years old. I would be riding along with her and putting up for sale signs, for rent signs. So it took a while for me to get to where I am, but I went to business school at the University of Texas at the McComb School of Business, and then graduated, started working in finance a little bit and marketing, and now I've been in real estate for four years. You mainly focus right now on the broker side of the business. And is that what your grandma was doing? Was she buying? Um, They started out uh, also on the sales side and the broker side, but then they switched more into the investment side. Okay. Did you inherit any of those like deals or have you run investments in a sense? So I've helped out with parts of the business. Thank God she's still alive. So she's 84 and wakes up every day, goes to work, collect rent. So, you know, there's definitely been some cross collaboration, me being with JB Goodwin at the moment. And of course, like getting a lot of advice from them and they'll come check out my open houses and, you know, like any listings I have, they'll uh, give me constructive criticism, you know, quote unquote. Thanks, Grams. <laughs> Love it. Right. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely been beneficial to to have that background and experience on my side. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was reading that in your bio that, and you told me the other day when we were playing pickleball that you speak four or five languages. How many? Five. Five yeah. languages. Okay. Yes, sir. I know a little <laughs> bit of Yiddish, uh, not Hebrew. Oh, but, say it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and then you, I saw again in your bio that you were at UT, and then did you get a dual degree? I saw an MA of. Right. Yeah. So I got a bachelor's in business at that time, and then when back a few years later to get a master um that okay. it was separate yeah okay awesome and so when you got out of that like what was your process to get into real estate you said something that you were in finance so what'd you do in finance and how did that guide you into getting into real estate sure yeah so i started out after uh, graduation i went over to merrill lynch and was working in the financial services for and it was similar to real estate in the fact that it was on me to build the practice and get the clients, get all the training, the licenses. And it came to a point where I realized it wasn't for me, mainly on the 
marketing end of things, which is my background, my major is marketing. So it's very litigated, the finance industry, and there's a lot of regulations as well. So in terms of like creativity and being able to have flexibility and innovate with marketing that didn't exist. Like there were a lot of initiatives that I wanted to do and our compliance officer would shut us down. So after um, being laid off and uh, not really sure what I wanted to do, I had a conversation with my mom and my uncle. We were having dinner, family dinner. And uh, my mom had been insisting for many years to get my real estate life. So she said, why don't you get it now? Like you have the time and, uh, you know, at least worst case scenario, you'll have it as a backup or do it part time. And my uncle actually went ahead and supported me with the licenses and, and paid for all the classes to get registered. So it was a no brainer. I was still doubting it. And then one night I had a dream <laughs> that I should get the real estate license and uh, came into it, saw what it entailed and really like it. And it's uh, for four years, going on five now. I want to ask, I don't know, just kind of drive into why you like it so much. What do you like about the broker side of it? I'm a different really animal, man. Like- I've always been on the other side of it. I have sure. had my broker license for 10, 12 plus years since 2010 or something. And I've always wanted to control the right. actual asset. And I think it's because mm-hmm. I'm probably more of a numbers person and not so much a people person, mm-hmm. right? And so everyone I know that's a good people person is really good at real estate in the brokerage sense of it. Mm-hmm. Why do you like why do you like it so much, I guess? Sure. <laughs> to me, a lot of it has to do with the flexibility and the autonomy. So being my own boss and creating my own schedule, being able to come to the office, like today, record a podcast and go to another meeting and not having to be tied into an office for nine hours a day. Uh, also, of course, like you mentioned, the people side, I love working with people. And even from the beginning, when I got in, my long-term goal is to get into the investment side as well. Like you were saying, have that passive income, but I figured I wanted to learn it from the ground up. Like get down to the neat and gritty, roll up my sleeves, and eventually the goal is to have that. Okay, let's tie into that then, because that's a perfect segue into trying to figure out where are you in that in that journey. Do you want? Do you have any specific goals to acquiring or to building your passive income? Because we could relate it to single family investing or into some commercial income producing property like multifamily. And so I don't know if like have you considered that or. You know, do you have a timeline and say, you know, in a year I want to start investing or where are you in that? I do want eventually to have at least 10 investment properties. Mostly, I think for me, residential is what I'm most comfortable with and, and know better. But yeah, I mean, the goal is within a year to have at least one property that's producing passive income. And whether it's on my own or going in with the partner or sort of, you know, fun, but definitely want to start building that. And to be honest with you, I kind of already have that a little bit because I bought a house about seven and a half years ago. And ever since I bought it, I rent out the empty rooms in my house. House so had Right. Yeah. So I've had tenants in there. And uh, also my property, I'm blessed with the fact that there's a casita in the back. So I rent that as well. And it's really nice to have every month 
money coming in and depending on the configuration and and whatnot it almost pays my mortgage yeah every month so yeah. it's really nice and having that inspires me and motivates me to say okay let's get more like i have already this coming in or right, let's get let's double it let's triple it have you ever read rich dad poor dad yes sir yeah okay many okay. years ago but yeah i love yeah. that book the i quadrant getting into the investor quadrant yeah, just because, I mean, that is a big portion. If your mortgage is getting paid from right. having people in your property, I would argue that that's not passive. You're actively uh-huh. you know, recruiting those tenants to come live there. Uh, if anything breaks, uh-huh. I'm sure you're getting a phone call, not a property management company. <laughs> right. That's you're a realtor, true. you're like, ah, I'm a property manager. <laughs> too. So I've owned a lot of rentals, right? And so I know very well how... Uh, time-intensive and labor-intensive, those can be. But sure. congratulations that you have, right? You're renting things that you are receiving passive income. So is your goal sure. of the 10 properties to to just build that? Do you have like a set number of dollars that you're trying to hit? Or do you have more just the number of houses because 10 sounds like a good number? No. So I do have a goal because I figured if I can, you know, at one point, hopefully the next 10 years, have the 10 properties and be generating at least $1,000 per property, then I will have $10,000 revenue coming in or depending on how I am with the mortgages being paid off, then it will turn into hopefully all profit. So that's, that's the goal. I mean, I've always wanted to be at about 100K a year coming in and I think that's a, a good amount for me and now like as, as I'm looking to hopefully get married start a family then that's eventually where I want to be speaking five languages you're an exotic <laughs> guy you know world traveler it's <laughs> not far off man you're gonna be there soon enough popping out kids you're and then you need off. more than ten thousand a month in passive income right yeah, yeah. i know i know from experience this is what happens i'm not right. you know so all right well the ten thousand dollars per month number seems to be a theme like that is a number that i've wanted for a long time and i i got into sure. real estate specifically to grow my passive income and Got sure. my license, did all those things in order to uh, in order to just build my cash flow and the passive income. And then I kind of got and sure. wandered the desert for ten years or so, flipping houses mm-hmm. and just chasing it. Flipping houses and being an investor on that side of the business is very much akin to brokerage, right? You're selling a product, and once you're done, you're actively earning income. Once I'm done selling or flipping a house, right. man, I got to go find another one, or I'm not going to be able to. Uh, keep sure. the lifestyle I want to live. And so the deals that I've done just as a, I guess, some rental properties that I've owned, if you're putting debt on them <laughs> and depending <laughs> on what kind of debt you're getting, I mean, rates right now have increased. Obviously that's a big thing in the sure. market everybody's talking about. Um, yeah. But the, the spread that you're going to get, if you're leveraging 70 to 80% on the deal, it's going to be fairly small you know, um, especially mm-hmm. because right. the prices of houses have increased so much. And so typically back in my, when I've been looking for rentals, single family rentals, I've been targeting, you know, mm-hmm. 1% of the purchase price at least needs to come in as rent in okay. order for me to cash flow it. $100,000 okay. house, I need to get $1,000 a month and then I'll be getting sure. some cash flow on the deal as and an the, investor. Uh, the $1,000 a month, that's uh, the gross, right? You then go in and pay your debt obligation. This show is sponsored by Ridgeline Investment Group. Ridgeline has a track record of transacting more than 53 million in assets throughout Texas. Ridgeline is currently looking to acquire 100 to 200 unit class B multifamily communities between five and 20 million in San Antonio, Temple, Waco, Tyler, and other secondary markets in Texas. To learn more about Ridgeline Investment Group, visit 
www.ridgelineig.com. Correct. And when you look at it, I mean, that's I'm not seeing a lot of hundred thousand dollar houses now, right? If, right. if you are, they need a ton of work. Which is the the other caveat to that is I, as an investor, full time mm-hmm. buying distressed properties, fixing them up. I was in those mm-hmm. deals for 65% of their full market value or less, right? Some of the first houses I ever bought sure. were $1,000 houses. And so we're not in wow. that market, right? That doesn't exist. Um, and so finding that type of investment uh, where you're going to have a very low basis, it's an affordable property that you can charge enough rent for to actually cover your mortgage, sure. becoming Absolutely. a little more difficult. And so that's yeah. one of the reasons that I tout multifamily investing so much because you're getting a scale that you're not on the single family side. You can buy a door, that's you know, in multifamily speak, you're mm-hmm. gonna buy a hundred doors at seventy to eighty thousand dollars a door, depending on what your type of product you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And again, you're mm-hmm. you're not necessarily if you're getting $800 a month per door, then that's that one mm-hmm. percent on a per door basis. Right. Compared mm-hmm. to you know, paying 150 for a starter house where you're mm-hmm. still only getting a thousand bucks or 1200 bucks a month. It just depends right. on what it is. Obviously, you know, every market is different, mm-hmm. but in San Antonio specifically, sure. like we're buying, we're buying a, uh, it's a, 3,200 square foot house. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no way I'm going to cash flow that house just based on right. sale price and the rents in the area. I think I can get $2,500, $2,200 a month, maybe in rent and mm-hmm. the house will be worth 400,000. So if I mortgaged it and then it would be like, it's just not right. going to cover. And so every month I'd be coming of out of course. pocket, whatever your goals are, those are your goals, right? Where you're trying to For go. Sure. If you want to buy 10 houses and, and you want uh, to own them free and clear, and you think you're clear, you know, a thousand right. bucks a month on those houses, that hits your goal. Is there anything that's kind of stopping you from starting that today? Like, what would you think would be your biggest challenge? Right. So I think in the past few years, I haven't made that a priority in my budget in terms of like, you know, saving for an investment property. And even though it is my goal, I've had a lot of really good opportunities to travel and be part of uh, other projects. Like I just got back from Israel there for almost a month for a really cool uh, event opportunity. So uh, definitely now kind of as I'm looking to get settled a little more in life, you know, like personal side and professional side, then now I'm like, okay, let's sit down and make active plans and laid out plans to be able to fulfill those goals. A couple of things that I could maybe, because now if you're at that stage and you're trying to, or you're looking around for opportunity, um, looking for you, a couple of things. One, identify if you, so like in real estate, we all have a buy box, right? We're all looking, we can identify exactly what we're looking for. Three bed, two bath needs this, da, 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 da. So similarly, as an investor, you need to figure out, do you need cash flow? Because that'll be a certain type of product, right. a certain type of asset. If you don't, mm-hmm. and you just want to build wealth over time, so you're looking for appreciation or you're looking for you know that spread to grow, that'll be a certain type of right. asset. Again, for me, when I'm targeting a, um, a cash producing property, it may be a C-class multifamily, or um, it may mm-hmm. be an east side property in San Antonio that is uh, needs a lot of value at work so that I can get those rents to, you know, the cash flow is coming in. Um, if I'm looking right. for just, you know, safe, secure place to put money um, by an A class type of property or B class multifamily, mm-hmm. uh, similarly, mm-hmm. you could buy a nicer house in San Antonio that, mm-hmm. you know, is 
likely to appreciate over time. It's in a good neighborhood, that sort of thing. It doesn't need a lot of work. Identifying those things for you, like in this mm-hmm. stage of your of your investing career, I would, you know, I can help you through some of those things if you want to talk about that offline. But some PDF like documents things that I can share with you and anyone who's listening as well. So that'd be great. And I was going to add while you looked that up that you know I'm really thankful that I want to say, of course, that. You know, I'm really thankful for you to reach out to me and invite me to this podcast because even from the 20, 30 minutes we've spent together, I've learned a lot and it's almost like in my mind to talk about it, it lays out like, you know, what the goals are and like starting the plan. So definitely, you know, you're adding value. It's a thing that is constantly evolving your investment journey, but just getting started. There are a lot of people who want to start and then they never... They sure. For whatever reason. So the value of creating passive income, again, if you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and getting into the investor quadrant where your money's working for you, it's, it's very powerful. If you were earning currently $10,000 a month passively, your trip to Israel would not have uh, hindered any of your brokerage <laughs> business, right? And so you get the benefit of working with your clients. You get the benefit of serving them to the best of your ability, but at the same time, you're growing your passive income on the side. So are you with me? 100%. I love that. That's great. I strongly encourage it. And again, on the single family side, like there are some things if you haven't looked into, if you don't know what the Burr model is, which is buy, rehab, refinance, and rent. If you haven't ever looked at that, I mean, it's a way to get into single family deals with no money, essentially, after you refinance. Mm -hmm. It's a little more challenging now, obviously, because rates have gone up. You could buy some deals from some investors who are selling heavy Mm -hmm. value add single families. So again, we can talk about some of that stuff at another time, but I would encourage you to also look at taking some of your commissions that you are earning and looking at multifamily type of product Mm -hmm. that you can invest with a very seasoned sponsor who knows what they're doing. They've run assets in the past, take $25,000 and put it into a deal. And now you've got access to you know 100 doors or something. And you're Mm -hmm. one of the investors in a deal like Mm -hmm. that. And if you do those over time, then they build and build and build. It's Mm -hmm. not a you know get rich today strategy. It's a way to get into large deals uh, fairly easily. Right. And then you know those build over time. Anyway, something to look That's- at. I have a question here. I, I'm curious how you would answer it just because it's coming from an agent that has slowly started your, your investing journey. Not really. So what advice would you give to agents who got into real estate because they always wanted to own the actual real estate, but they haven't time to actually acquire it. They've just stayed in the brokerage. Right. Side. So I'm essentially giving myself a... <laughs> yes. Yes. I would definitely say to make it a priority, have that that bucket, if you would, in terms of the, the budgeting and the saving. And like you said, like every commission, instead of going out and, and buying fancy dinners and, and going on luxurious trips, I haven't, but still <laughs> start building that fund so you can slowly start getting into it and get towards your goals. Good advice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice, self. What mm-hmm. is your favorite pastime that's not related to business? Yeah, and no, I would definitely say like staying active, playing like tickable software and also some acting and comedy as well. Ah. You do stand up? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I do stand up. I'm also I'm part of an agency, and we have different uh, commercials that we participate in. I was in in a few last year, so really enjoy that as well. 
Nice. You'll have me some links. We'll put them in the show notes so people can go watch you. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. Buy my product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What is the best thing or memory that you have from the past 60 days? And more specifically, like what is the best thing that's happened to your family? You know, something family related in the last 60 days. Wow. In the last 60 days. This is like, it's been into the community as well but you know my family was part of it to where our group YJSA which is Young and Jewish San Antonio we got a new Torah for the group so it's very expensive and it doesn't happen many occasions so we went together as a community like a young adult community in San Antonio and my parents my brothers sister-in-law we all participate donated and about a month ago we had the declaration like the dedication weekend where we received the torah that was written in israel and it was a very very big moment for us that is awesome i haven't seen that happen my wife is jewish but i haven't seen that i didn't know that was a like a ceremony so that's interesting. We'll have to talk about that some. Yeah. We'll figure that out. It's a big simcha. You know what simcha is? A big festivity, a joyous uh, moment. Well, congrats. Yeah. That's good that you guys had that experience together. All right. And the last Thank one, you. name one or two people who have been most influential in the way you think or most influential to your success. My family, parents, uh, grandmas. But uh, in terms of like mentorship, there's a guy in town called Howie Nadell who owns a marketing firm. He's also from the community and he's been a great mentor for me over the past 10, 12 years. Actually going back to when we moved to San Antonio almost 20 years. So he's been uh, really influential in my life going from, you know, when I was still going to college and attending meetings with him in like shorts and a t-shirt and saying, okay, like you need to change the way you dress if you want to be part of the conversation and serious. So we we'll definitely say that. And actually, now that I think about it, one of my rabbis, Rabbi Levi Telden, he's been a huge part of my life since we co-founded the YJSA group 10 years ago, but also in my spiritual journey, he's helped greatly learning with him. And uh, now we also have a, a really cool venture called One and a Half Rabbis. You just mentioned that you started a new project. What was it called? Yeah. So it's called One and a Half Rabbis. With this rabbi I was speaking about, Rabbi Levi Telden, we made a video about three years ago in 2019 to promote one of his classes at the synagogue. And it was a parody about synagogue goer stereotypes and me being like the secular Jew who like goes to synagogue and doesn't know what page we're on and, and trying to figure out the different uh, rituals and whatnot. So it was hilarious and it went viral, thousands, like tens of thousands of views. And that started, it's been a journey over the past few years, but uh, we launched a month ago our new brand. We have social media channels, a YouTube channel. And just today, coincidentally, we had our newest song, like from our newest video, we made a parody song. And so the video was a big hit. And now the song is officially on Spotify, Apple what? Music, YouTube. That's... Yeah, any streaming device you can That's think awesome, of. man. You'll have to <laughs> what, a rabbi, <laughs> what a rabbi got to do. <laughs> send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. We can plug it too. Okay. That's fun. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Alan, it's been real. Well, yeah. I don't know how it'll come all cut up. <laughs> we'll see how right. that goes. 
yeah. in closing, just tell everyone how they can reach out to you. I have a link to your bio I can throw in the show notes as well so that everybody can sure. see what you're working on. And it has your contact information there for JB Goodwin. But yeah, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can call or text me 210-473-9291 or go to my website, alangansleton.com and all my Social media handles are also at Alan Yansel. And that's a great way to keep up with me and everything that's going on. We look forward to the next rabbi video. Yes, sir. And I look forward <laughs> to seeing you on Pickleball on Sunday. Let's go yeah, get that's it. Right. Let's go. <laughs> BH, awesome. baby. Bring in uh, heat. <laughs> all right, Alan, have an awesome day. Thanks so much. Catch up with you soon. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.